friends, I'm Kate. And I'm Sadie. And together, we are the University of Missouri Extension's Show Me the Future podcast team. Do you ever look at someone and think to yourself, I wonder what it's like to have their job? Or how did they learn to do their work so well? Well, we ask ourselves those questions too. On this podcast, we visit with amazing people who have fascinating careers. They show us what they do and tell us how they got there. Their stories help middle school students like me to think about the plan for my future and everyone else's. I hope you enjoy this episode of the Show Me the Future podcast. If you like this podcast, you might be interested in finding out more ways to learn new skills, make plans for your future, and develop connections with youth and caring adults. 4-H, a youth program of MU Extension, can help you do all of these things and more. Find Missouri 4-H on Facebook or the MU Extension website, extension.missouri.edu. Carrie Etzel is the owner and operator of a livestock rotational grazing farm in upstate New York called Black Willow Pond Farm. Carrie grew up on a dairy farm and immediately entered into the agricultural uh, workforce doing a variety of different things. Carrie Sparks of teaching the future generation about agriculture has led her to be an instructor of animal science at the State University of New York at Cobleskill. All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Show Me the Future podcast. And today, our special guest is Carrie Etzel. She is an instructor at the State uh, the State University of New York at Cobleskill, and she also runs and operates her own um, farm as well. So we're really excited to hear from her today. Carrie, how are you this morning? I'm good, Kate. How are you? I'm good. Um, thank you again for being a part of this podcast and just telling us about your story. Um, do you want to just first, first off, tell us a little bit about you and um, what you do? Sure. Uh, well, I have, I wear a few different hats, um, but my, uh, my home farm is uh, Black Willow Pond Farm and we are in Cobleskill, New York. And that is also where I teach at the State University of New York at Cobleskill. So small town, rural, upstate New York. Um, our farm is a uh, multi-species pasture-based farm. Uh, we really focus on rotational grazing. Uh, we raise Katahdin hair sheep, uh, meat chickens on pasture during the grazing season. So here in New York, I don't have them now because we've got a couple of feet of snow out there. Uh, pastured hogs, uh, egg-laying chickens, meat chicken, the meat chickens, excuse me, <laughs> um, meat rabbits. Uh, and then we do turkeys fresh for the uh, the Thanksgiving season as well. Um, I also partner with my family's dairy farm uh, where we raise our beef cattle up there, much more acreage in, at that farm. And uh, we do rosé veal, which is a little bit older veal calf that we harvest. And uh, we just recently started bottling our own milk uh, for cream line, uh, fresh local milk. And we market all of our products um, on our own. Uh, so we are not a wholesaler. Uh, everything is uh, direct marketed through farmers markets uh, here at the farm um, and at restaurants as well. Uh, so that's a little bit about the farm. Uh, my other job is uh, I am an instructor in the animal science department, again, at Cobleskill, uh, again, a small uh, uh, egg-based college uh, where we have a, our own dairy farm, a, a livestock farm with sheep, pigs, 
beef cattle uh, and, and a variety of plant science programs and all of that. So a really full uh, ag program that's there. And I've been uh, uh, working there for nine years as well. So awesome. I also should actually say too, right, that I am I, an advisor of the Dairy Cattle Club and I coach a very successful dairy judging team. Uh, so I got to give kudos to them. We've won the national uh, uh, contest at World Dairy Expo for three years in a row. So kudos to those guys. It's been a, that's been a really fun part of my job. So Carrie, since you have kind of a multiple different hats and what you do, could you just tell us what a typical day in your job looks like? Okay, so a typical day, of course, as any of us with uh, animals know, the animals come first. So my day starts um, pretty early. I mean, I'm not crack of dawn early because uh, it's hard when you are a pasture farm to be out there in the dark, um, but it does start relatively early and it changes throughout the season. Um, so morning chores are first. Uh, right now things are, uh, we just have our, our breeding stock sheep. Uh, so we will be uh, lambing here within I'm expecting, I don't want to say any day, uh, but lambing within the next few weeks uh, will be in full bore for that. So that will definitely increase my morning time. Um, and it's just, you know, doing, doing those morning chores of feeding. Uh, we, we keep about 150 egg laying chickens year round um, and several meat rabbits are out there now. And then my kids 4-H show cows are here, uh, the dairy cows. <laughs> so those are still here. Um, in the summer months, um, we'll have the meat chickens out on pasture, summer through the fall, um, we have those. So that adds to my, to my day. Uh, then it's getting kids to school. And then I'm usually off to uh, campus. And again, depending on the semester, my, my campus roles um, and courses I'm teaching do change. Um, but I teach animal science, uh, intro to animal science, and uh, some of the um, uh, techniques courses, either with livestock or with dairy I've taught. Um, and then some more specialized courses like dairy judging um, or a poultry course I've taught over the years um, and things like that. So that can really change what my day looks like. And then afternoons are chores again, of course, and um, that can be more involved again, depending on the season. And then I also do help out at my parents' dairy farm. Uh, and that farm is eight miles north of me. So um, you know, milking in the evenings or helping. I, I do some of the artificial insemination there. Um, so doing those roles uh, also come into play when needed. And then if we're doing hay, you know, there's that part too. But usually when we're doing hay, I'm not teaching. So that <laughs> I do get my summers somewhat off from that. Uh, so again, it's, uh, it's, the animals are, you know, the priority number one, but then when I'm teaching the deadlines and the commitment to the students really come into play there. So my, my schedule will weigh out in different ways throughout the year. So what made you choose this career and did you always want to do this career? Uh -huh. I, I laugh, this career found me. <laughs> so I grew up on a dairy farm and we were, uh, we're a sixth generation dairy farm. So I, I joke all along, I'm a dairy girl with a livestock habit uh, is what I've kind of declared myself as. Um, but after uh, graduating from college, I was actually a herd manager on a large dairy. And then um, I enjoyed that for a few years, learned a whole lot about animals and learned a lot about working long hours. Um, but then I decided to go more into my education degree and I worked for the cooperative extension system, both here in New York for Cornell. And then I lived in North Carolina for a few years too. 
So while I was in those positions, that's where I really found my passion for rotational grazing and grass-based farming, um, also the niche marketing side of things. I really enjoyed helping farmers market their products. So uh, I did that for many years. Um, but then uh, about 10 years ago, actually almost 11 years ago, I uh, was living in North Carolina, moved back here to New York to be by family. And this was my time when I, I started to be able to practice what I preached. So all those years of educating people with extension now allowed me to finally you know, operate my own farm. Um, and I was quite happy until SUNY Skill came knocking at my door and asked me to adjunct for a professor who was going on sabbatical. So that job literally found me and um, I thought it was only gonna be temporary. So I kept building our farm here and poof, next thing I know, I have two, two <laughs> very involved careers. Um, but you know, again, it's, it's a passion of mine. So while my career path really uh, you know, took different, different turns along the way, it really is what I, I wanted to do. Uh, you know, and just, just a little bit different than I thought it would be. Okay. So in this program, we talk a lot about sparks. So sparks are those things that make you get out of bed in the morning. They bring joy, fulfillment, and meaning and purpose to your life. So many times these sparks connect to your work and what you're doing. Um, what do you think some of your sparks are? Yeah. So as I thought about this, the first thing that came to mind for me was I really want to share what we do in agriculture. I just find we are so removed. The, the whole population, you know, we've all heard that less than 2% is in production agriculture and it's getting smaller and it's getting harder for that percentage. So if my little farm and myself can be a voice for building that bridge and helping to connect to farmers or connecting farmers to the consumers, that's great. I mean, I just, I just feel like we don't have enough of that. Um, it's changing in some ways. Social media is helping farms share what they do. Um, but I just really find that, you know, for my farm side, that's that, that passion I really have. Then you can kind of just include that with what I do at the college. So we get a lot of different backgrounds of students um, at, at, at Cobleskill and they come with, you know, already different mindsets about things or how things work and just really exposing them to all different parts of animal science, be it production agriculture or small animal and thing like anything like that. But even if they don't go into production ag, they're going to be a consumer their entire life. So if I can help, you know, sprinkle some, some, you know, thoughts into this or some you know, nuggets of why production agriculture does this or that and and then also too, just how hard farmers work so that consumers have the convenience to go to their grocery store and you know, pick their products that they want. Um, so I think that's my spark that keeps things going. I mean, and who doesn't like working with animals, but you know, right. <laughs> I think you gotta go bigger than that in some ways because you know, just that daily grind of production egg can really get tiring. You know, Lambing is exhausting when we get into that and milking our cows at the dairy farm twice a day, every single day, um, is it's a lot of work. Uh, so you've got to find, you got to know your why. And so I think that's mine. And I think that's what sparks me to do that. Very cool. So what are your strengths? Like, in other words, like, what are you really good at? I don't know what I'm really good at. <laughs> this one is probably my hardest one. Um, I joke, I am a jack of all trades. But when I take the step back, um, I, I laugh. I don't 
think I'm a people person in some ways. There's parts of me that just wants to be so inclusive and just lock myself in my house or at my farm. But then at the same time, I know I have a really good talent for relating to people and I'm a very empathetic person. So I like to hear out people's thoughts. I like to hear their concerns. I like to help answer questions for them. So, you know, I guess I really am a people person. I would <laughs> and, say you're and, a people person. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I just want to like, you know, lock myself at home some days, but it's, it's, you know, I think it's like, again, I can relate well to others and I recognize that as a strength. So um, while I'm really bad at saying no to things, um, I just still find that if I can, if I can help solve a problem or I can help answer a question, um, you know, that's, I, I like to be that go-to person for it. Um, I just gotta, you know, make sure I don't overextend myself, <laughs> but I do think that's a strength. Definitely. Um, okay. So when you think back on your career path, um, where were your struggles and how did you overcome them? Yeah. So struggles. Um, I mean, I can go way back. I grew up in a, actually a more urban area um, where our farm, my, my parents sold the original home farm. Uh, so that's a whole nother podcast story on, <laughs> on, on our family and our method of, of farming. Um, but where the home farm originally was, was 50 miles from New York City. And that was a while now looking back, man, they'd be a great spot to market my products. Um, it was not an area that was full of agriculture necessarily. So, you know, I started with, you know, I was that different kid who, you know, fed cows before she went to school and probably smelled like cows and, you know, all of that. Um, so like that was kind of a different, um, a different challenge for me to overcome because while other students I was graduating with were classmates, they were looking at, you know, they're going to be an engineer or a doctor or a teacher or, you know, go into, you know, a more technical field. And meanwhile, I'm like, animals, where are the animals? Um, so that was different. I didn't have a lot of um, mind, you know, ways to, uh, for someone to lead me in a direction that way. Cause really like career path I knew was like a vet, you know, if you weren't a farmer, you were a vet. And um, so opening many doors and my eyes to that was, was a struggle. Um, I think my other thing is I'm an overthinker and I tend to really overanalyze things almost to a fault. And with that, um, I sometimes worry about things way too much. And I think I've missed some opportunities. Like I, I will share this with my college students now, and I probably share this with you, Kate, you know, it's take those opportunities, run, you know, you, you left New York and got out of there and, you know, you're checking out all these different things. And, and I encourage young people so much, like, don't, don't box yourself in, you know, don't be that overthinker, be willing to take some risks. And because uh, looking back, that's where I, you know, that's some of the things I wish I had overcome when I was younger. Now I'm like, where are we going? What are we doing? <laughs> um, and, and I'm willing to take those chances, but it, it took me a while to overcome that. So. Sure. Um, so you kind of mentioned, um, so like in the animal science field, it is so broad, like career wise, yeah. career wise. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice or like guidance for middle school students or really anybody that's kind of interested in the animal science field um, because a lot of the times it's kind of pegged in your head like if you're going to be an animal science student you're going to be a vet but there are so many other opportunities do you have any advice on how to explore those um, anything like that yeah I mean if, again think outside the box and find you know talk to people I know you're at a young age and you know you might be more on the shy side 
but like watch what others are doing around you. Um, there is so many different fields. And if you can shadow even for a weekend or, you know, a couple hours a day to see what other, um, you know, jobs and careers in agriculture are doing, um, it definitely will help you to explore because really anything you think is involved in agriculture. And I mean, that's really broad to say, but I mean, it just, the, the trickle down effect, um, is so much more like, you know, we at Cobalt Skill, we get a lot of students who want to be a vet. They, they attempt on this uh, pre-vet track and it's really challenging. Well, then I remind them, you know, many farms have someone who's a herd manager. So maybe you, you know, you can be that on-farm vet for that farm and you're just not that broad, like vet school type of, you know, career path that you took. So, I mean, that's just one example, but you know, these animals are always going to need to be fed. So nutrition is definitely a career path with that. And then there's all the research that goes into nutrition. Um, so really like, you know, as you meet people, like kind of think, all right, I'm, I'm meeting a person who is in a, you know, a, a ag engineering type position, but like think of all those people he works with. So, or she works with, you know, it just, it can really broaden um, your perspective of things when you take that step back and um, again, there's just so many opportunities. So don't, don't box yourself in. I would definitely encourage that. So it kind of feels like you um, kind of answered this, but no. if you were to give, if you were to give a middle schooler, like a piece of advice, um, maybe like, what would it be? Yeah. So again, explore is one of my big encouraging words, but work hard. And I mean that of work really hard. You know, it's not all about the grades and things like that, but it's kind of zeroing in on a passion that you enjoy um, or exploring that passion. Um, we all have failures. We all have these, you know, speed bumps in the roads. Um, but, you know, your work ethic will take you so far. And if you learn to not give up and you just be like, oh, you shrug your shoulders and, you know, yep, that didn't go like I planned and move on versus letting that take you down. Uh, so again, uh, you know, just that hard work, uh, positive attitude, willingness to be open-minded. Um, those are all, you know, some really helpful things for, for young people uh, who are, you know, thinking of where, where what's next for me. Uh, again, you are young and I'll encourage that you're young. So take this time to explore and, you know, talk through things and you know, see what's out there for you. Awesome. All right. Well, I have one last question for you. So um, when you were talking about your career path and some of the struggles that you went through, was there one person, multiple people that kind of helped you guide through that time in your life? Yeah. So I, I will always, it's funny, my, I'll always fall back to my parents in some ways. My parents are not cheerleader parents. They are not rah-rah parents by any means. Um, and my parents were busy people. Like they were running the farm, had four daughters. And if we wanted to play basketball or we wanted to do something in 4-H, it was, okay, we're going to get you there, but then you got to do it on your own. Um, but they were, they were, while they weren't the rah-rahs, they never discouraged us. You know, we saw how hard they worked. We still see how hard they work. You know, my dad's going to be 70. They work so stinking hard. And for many of us, it'd be like, I'm just going to get out of this. I don't want to go back to a farm. And, and my parents would pick on us that we should have done that. But yeah, all four of us are involved in agriculture in one way or another. So they just, again, they, they were just always 
you know, never discouraging. It was, you know, they gave us a great example and then we moved forward with that. And my, both my grandmothers were very much that way too. I'm very much like my one grandmother of being extra stubborn. Um, but then my, my uh, 4-H uh, educator was a great resource too. Again, we were in a much more urban area, but our county had an amazing 4-H program. And I count that as one of my biggest benefits um, because I, I wouldn't have been able to explore different parts of agriculture if it wasn't for that program. Uh, so I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So, yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that's all the questions I have. Sadie, do you have any, any other questions for Carrie? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Carrie, um, for I, joining us today. It was great yeah, to hear about great. your story and, um, yeah, so it was great. Thank yeah. you. So I don't know if you can share of, you know, if they want to see what I do on Instagram or things Definitely. like that. I don't know how, you know, what the encouragement is, but if you want to put a plug there that they can see different farming, I think that's a big part too. Yeah. So Sorry, you're hit a button. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they can find you on Instagram and Facebook, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So Black Willow Pond Farm. So go ahead. Carrie has some really fun stories on her Instagram. If you want to see all the animals, the kind of what she does in her day, um, go check that out. It's pretty cool. Hey friends, that's a wrap for this episode of Show Me the Future podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the others. Don't forget to download our episodes so you can listen on the go. Follow us to get notifications about new episodes. See you next time. This podcast has been brought to you by MU Extension. Through the innovations and ideals of the University of Missouri, MU Extension improves lives, businesses, and communities by focusing on solving Missouri's grand challenges around economic opportunity educational access, health, and well-being. MU Extension is a partnership with the University of Missouri campuses, Lincoln University, the people of Missouri through County Extension Councils, and the National Institute for Food and Agriculture of the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Through statewide offices, publications, and web-based services, Extension faculty in every county of Missouri continue to carry the benefits of MU research throughout the entire state. Call your local Extension office to learn more about what Extension has to offer. You can also check out MU Extension's website, extension.missouri.edu. That's extension.missouri.edu.